When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 466. It's a hostful intro! Boo! What? What's wrong, know. little Matt Myra? I don't remember this episode. Well, you weren't the one it. that we did. It was, uh, it's, no. it's Neil Brennan. Is this a... Is this a hostful intro, intro for the hostful episode? No, it's yeah, a hostful intro for Neil Brennan episode because oh, okay. we all weren't there because Matt's been working on At Midnight. Yeah, that's true. So it's tough to get him out of the office. Love that Neil Brennan. I promise more hostfuls in the future though. We just recorded one that's going to be up Friday. Yeah. Um, I kind of like this regular schedule we have and uh, and so we'll have some more hostfuls up. Neil Brennan actually is going to be on At Midnight tonight, January 15th with uh, Nikki Glazer and Ron Funches. So Tune you should in. watch At Midnight. Tune in, Tune in for some Skittles? goth confessions. Are we yeah. doing goth confessions? No, maybe that's Thursday. Okay, good. Confession bear. Sometime at this week we'll play the games. Uh, are you having a nice time on the At Midnight Show? Yeah, it's great. I get my scripts confused because we uh, run two of them tomorrow that I forgot that I... Oh, insider talk is boring. Anyway, I love At Midnight. It's a lot of fun. Everyone should be watching I it. I just want everyone to really feel great. included. Oh. How, what are you doing with your days? Oh, God. <laughs> you, you love living, it. Jonah's living the life we all dreamed about living. Yeah. I'm taking these opportunities to just have a have a nice time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Before you, because you're gonna get busy soon. Yeah, I'll get busy, and I'm yeah, I'm doing stuff, going on auditions and writing with uh, Sean O'Connor on some ideas oh nice stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing stuff, but you know, it's a. Uh, for the most part, that stuff is fun, so it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. Yep. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm making the process an enjoyable one. Nice. Well, you're all smiles. I always appreciate that. It really <laughs> is. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got really into Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> just Fucking really, yeah. just really, just everything's. Oh, the brain. air is so soupy. Okay. <laughs> um, this episode of Nerds Podcast is brought to you by IFC Spoils of Babylon. Do you guys, uh, you're familiar with the legendary author John, uh, Eric John Roche, right? Yes, of course, yes. I oh, see his stuff yeah. all over at all the... Uh, Do you have any connections to get him on the show? Mm, Pasternak? Really? Yeah, I mean... It's possible. You think, do you think Dan could get him on the show for us? I think so. Because yeah, it'd be a really big... I mean, really... The only way that I've been able to get the John Roche fix is to uh, watch him on the small screen. Yeah. In The Spoils of Babylon. On IFC, it's a mini series. I know he looks like it. It looks a lot like Will Ferrell. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he and gets like, that. It looks a lot like a lot of times, but he's way more famous than Will. Yeah. Like people always think yeah, Will yeah. is Eric John Ross. Well, it's like it's like it's him, Will Ferrell, and the, and the drummer, drummer of Red Hot, Hot Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. 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 
Well, Spoils of Babylon is on Thursdays. It's not just Eric John Rush. I know that's the only reason you're going to be, you think you're going to be watching. But then you'll also get Kristen Wiig, Toby Maguire, Will Ferrell. I think it's kind of funny to have them in the same. It's funny. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Jessica Alba, Val Kilmer, Haley Joel Osment, <laughs> Tim Robbins, Michael Sheen. So what you're saying is like, it sounds like the Funny or Die Machine came out in force for this program. They really, really yeah. did. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, well, Eric John Rush has a lot of pull at, at FOD. Yeah. Um, which is a company that uh, that we are intimately familiar with. Yeah, from I feel Matt like we should have some pull over there too. Yeah, well, we'll give it a shot. We'll yeah. give it a shot. So we'll try to get Eric John Rosh on, but in the interim, watch the Spoils of Babylon on IFC on Thursdays. Uh, and thanks to IFC for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Neil Brennan was this guest who, God, I've known Neil. Neil was a writer on Singled Out, which we go into on the show, and we've never had a long conversation, like a really, really long conversation before. And so uh, some of the times I was like, I don't know if Neil likes me or not. I don't know if we're. And uh, and he was great on the podcast, like really insightful yeah, and so good dude. Just I mean, you know, he's you know he wrote for years with uh, he wrote for years with Chappelle and he writes for Chris Rock and he writes. I mean, he's a, and now he has his own stand up uh, that he's been. He's like kind of he for a long time he was the guy behind the guy, like one yeah. of the guys behind the guys. But now he uh, now he has his own Comedy Central special called Women and Black Dudes, <laughs> and it's uh, airing January eighteenth at midnight. Uh, on on Comedy Central, so oh, this great. Is, so like, if you need your midnight comedy fix, then we're not on that night. Then you got Neil Brennan Boom. on January eighteenth, nice uh, and also right now here on the Nerdist Podcast, episode number four sixty six slash WTF. Why slash WTF? Because you couldn't do it in the sponsor bit, just in case. The slash WTF what? Just exactly. It's the beauty of it. You're like the WTF subreddit for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, did you hear his Johnny Knoxville interview? It's great. No, I think I don't know. It might come out tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I'm sure. It's, it's I'm sure it actually weeks. is really good. Yeah. Weeks? Yeah, it's yeah. been out for a while. It's really good. Oh, all right. You're not the moderator of the WTF subreddit anymore. On, uh, I guess I lost my. You think to... the fact that Johnny Knoxville was just uh, shot apart in the uh, Marin show? On That's what I was thinking of, guys. Oh my god, I'll go back to moderating Gone Wild Curvy. <laughs> Now entering Nerdist.com. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How are you doing, Neil Brennan? Good, buddy. Chris Harvick calls me, has always called me by my full name, and hopefully never will stop. Neil Brennan. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I know. I get. You always have. All set. Uh, my. I'll oh, we'll save it for the. I'll save We're it. on. We're on. This is. Oh, it. is that true? Yeah. Um. Uh, on my way on my phone in my schedule. My either there was an autocorrect of what this was. I don't know what it, or I typed in it wrong, but it sounds like. A dorky R and B group. <laughs> Which one? Nerdacy. Nerdacy. Um, that's what it now, was. Is that, in my that's phone just no. That's a character. It's like yeah, like a guy singing Jodeci songs about yeah, Star Nerdacy. Wars. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the Neil Hamburger of R and B. But I but I hear I hear like I hear Morrissey in that. Oh, well, that's like oh, Nerdacy. That's, that's even more nerdy. That you heard <laughs> yeah. Morrissey and didn't think girlfriend Jodeson. on an Xbox on her. <laughs> I never got into Morrissey or The Cure, and some I was talking to somebody about that last. Night. I just it just totally skipped me. Passed by you? 
Yeah, because I had nothing but older brothers and sisters, so I went. I graduated immediately to classic rock. Oh, you went uh, right I to never. I anything that was current, I didn't. Yeah, meant nothing to me. And then, uh, and then by the time, and then it was like, and then I got to college, and I was like, what? <laughs> like goth? I didn't. It skipped me. And so, no. oh, so you never went through the period of uh, no. eyeliner. I, what you just did <laughs> was, was way outside. I didn't. I didn't. What was he just doing? Uh, a Morrissey impression. That was you you went right to ACDC and uh, mm. and Journey and Van Halen. Fucking absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking about a Boston song yesterday in the shower. Which one? It was a it was a people living in competition. Because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about like that's a real meditation on consumerism and capitalism in general. That was my thought process in the shower yesterday. Wow. And I meant to look up the lyrics. I was like, that's pretty for the late 70s. I love pretty- that they just named yeah. themselves after a city. Because that's a bold move. Because if you're yeah. a shitty band, you name it, and then the city's like, fuck you. And they even say in one of those songs, we were just another man out of Boston. And they're called Boston. They were out of themselves. I always wanted Boston and Kansas to fight. Well, there's Boston, Kansas, uh, Asia. Sh- Chicago, Asia, Asia, America. The presidents of the United States of America. There's them too. <laughs> uh, Antarctica. No Antarctica. Not one Antarctica. There was an Africa, no. right? There was Toto did a Toto song did called Africa. Africa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Europe. no one would call themselves. Europe, there Florida. was a Europe, right? There was Europe. Europe yeah, the final yes. countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's Australia, a continent. That's fucking no. going crazy. Do, do, do. Well, so is Asia. Yeah. Do, do, do. Someone should have been Eurasia, and they should have mixed members of each band. I'm smelling mashup. What? I'm, I'm mash smelling. Ma- I'm gonna get in a time machine. I'm gonna get go back to eight years ago, and I'm because I smell mashup. And when I smell mashup, I gotta go make it. Get girl talk on the phone. Mash. <laughs> Right, it's eight years ago, Jonah. What are you talking about? Get Girl Talk on the Telegraph. There's that's a- when he was. Uh, Girl Talk was. That's hard to Girl Talk. You think you're gonna? It's gonna be great. I've downloaded Girl Talk records, <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be the best." And then 15 seconds, and you're like, "God damn it, this is aggravating." It's not. It's not for listening. It's for putting on in the background. That's why. That's so funny you say that. That's what it's for. I hear it in a store, and I go, "Fuck, I gotta download this when I get home." And then I listen to it on the computer, and I'm like, "Not eh. for listening." You're like, "It's uh, for having there." It's bed. I music. was listening to it one time, and a girl I was dating goes, "This sounds like something I would cheerlead to." Ooh. I was like, "Yeah, you're absolutely like it was yeah. <laughs> guilty as charged." I couldn't. Yeah. I thought I always thought that uh, the Hood Internet, these guys from Chicago, did a better version of what Girl Talk was doing. It's, it was like uh, they would just take like a current uh, current hip hop or R and B song and then like a current kind of indie rock song and put it together, never over a minute and a half, real and, quick and easy. And that was yeah. And I, then they just make mixes and then they just put those out for free. Yeah, I was I liked Hollertronics. That was guys. I'm going pretty deep on that one. Don't worry. <laughs> you about like it. Fat Boy Slam? What is he like? Fat boy, fat, slim? fat boy slim. I've is never that, heard it pronounced like that. Is that fat boy slim? Fat boy slim is hard work. I heaven. got some questions for you. Yes. What do you? What's your? So you tell. I want to know about your stopping drink. I'm sure you've covered it other places, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm very interested in it. Well, um, one day I decided that I drink too much, so I stopped drinking. <laughs> Litter, and you just stopped. Well, I stopped. Um, yeah. I'm. Well, truthfully, it had been sort of. I guess for the last few years of it I there was something in the back of my head that was like you know you'll probably have to not do this anymore someday like I was I was aware that it was and I would sort of joke like oh yeah this I am really drinking a lot or I would I would wake up in the morning really hungover and then catch myself in the mirror drinking a beer so I could level out and fall back asleep 
and then just kind of laughing like, buddy, this is really not going to, you got to, this is not a good long-term plan. Did you like that identity of the drunken Lothario? I did for a while. Because it's fun. It's fun. It's fun when you're late twenty. It's fun in your twenties to sort of be that guy. Like I can drink more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fun. It's I'm a party. I'm a mobile party. And then at a certain point, when you realize you don't have any money and no job prospects, and you're fatter than you were a few years ago, and people are weird to you, and then you start to realize it's you and not them. Yeah. Then you know and, and what what really kind of did it was um i was dating this girl named andrea savage who just did at midnight the other night and, and andrea Andrew was, savage is fucking hilarious she's, hilarious she's great i see her at audition sometimes she's great she's really funny and she said we'd been dating for a little over a year and she was like look i'm not saying you have to quit drinking but i'm saying there's a reason that you're doing it and you should really probably figure out why that is and so i said all right fine. and the reason was you fucking love to party i mean yeah. it's- Get out of my face, That's lady. That's what I'm talking about. Number one, I fucking love to party. Number one, fun. Number two, see number one. Yeah. <laughs> number three, forever. And Get out of my face and into my bar. So I started uh, I started seeing a therapist um, who was this woman that was... Uh, I started seeing her. She was recommended to me. My Moon Zappa recommended her. Said she, you know, she's a friend of mine and she's really great. And it was this woman who had been on SNL named Pamela Stevenson. Oh yeah, and Pamela is married to Billy Connolly, and so I was like, I immediately was like, I have to see this woman. She's as a, a fan, she, as a yeah. fan, as a comedy. As first, the first session was just ta- all talking about Jackie Rogers Jr.'s hundred thousand dollar jackpot. <laughs> was lot. she in that one? Yes, she played his wife. She, was she in Chocolate Babies? She was in Chocolate Babies. Fuck. She played Angelique, Jackie's wife. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and she had played Joan Collins, and she did all these great. And she was in History of the World Part One, and so um. And so I was like, oh, not only is she a comic, she's married to a comic. She's going to understand how my brain works. Well, you know what's interesting, if I can interject, is becoming a therapist is the only thing that when you quit doing comedy, people don't judge you for. (laughs) You're not a failure. No. (laughs) You do anything else, you fail at comedy. Because you didn't keep doing comedy. If you go into therapy... It's like you just fucking. You, I had a you, therapist. You graduated. Who, yeah, I had a therapist that used to be a comic. Yeah, and it was it was great because it would just I would I would be like, what was when you were when you were performing with uh, Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, <laughs> well, because <laughs> what, what did he do? A lot of what you're doing on stage is a form of can be a form of therapy depending on what what yeah. co- what kind of style you have, and so I'd I was seeing this woman for a while. And then finally, you know, one day I, I showed up and I was, I guess I, I get, you never, you don't realize that when you're doing it that you smell and you look bad. Uh, and so she just said, um, she just looked at me and she goes, I mean, it was the, it was the, one of the realest moments that I've ever had. She just looked at me and she goes, and like, it wasn't, it wasn't therapy, it wasn't therapy. Like, tell me what you, she just looked at me and she goes, you, you look terrible. What mm. are you doing? Yeah. You need to stop this right now. You need to go to rehab to, today if you can. But this is not, this is just not good. And I didn't have the presence of mind. I was like, oh, I thought I looked okay. I just didn't know. Yeah. And I, I, it was just the, the right time that my brain went, oh, yeah, I guess I could. Because I hadn't, I hadn't said, Friday, I'm going to quit. It's going to be Friday. All right. Okay, next Friday. Yeah. It was just in a moment she said, you shouldn't do this anymore. And I was like. I think you're right. I think I should just not do this anymore. And so that was that was it. I stopped. I after that, I never drank again. After did that. you go to rehab or anything? I tried to go to rehab, um, but it, they it, said no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. God, it's not everything's a fucking episode of Mad Midnight. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're not going to get any points for that. I give you points. <laughs> that's funny. This... I mean, if anyone can give it, it's funny. I mean, the points yeah, have the same true. value here they have on the show. <laughs> um, right, what else am I going to do? Join in about not drinking? Can't do that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, sit quietly and think about yourself. Um, but, uh, yeah, I tried to go to rehab, but the, um, the insurance uh, took... Funny, the insurance actually was my rehab. The insurance took a, a couple days to right. deal with the rehab facility, and so by that time, I it had been like three or four days, and I was like, I think this was the three or four days I was supposed to be in rehab. I didn't drink, yeah. so I think I just don't need to go to rehab. And now. was it? Did you do anything else in in those three days? Um, did I, you, was it like fucking train spotting? No, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it was gearing up for rehab. Yeah, I ha- I know somebody that got they but they were quitting like drugs and shit. And she said that when she was kicking, she thought she was gonna think herself to death. Oh, which wow! Which was such a great description of like mania yeah. and yeah. and obsession, but also a reason why a lot of people will take substances to just like quiet the yeah. quiet the chatter. And, um, yeah, at that point, it was still like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I'm just kind of experimenting. Well, let's just see how long I can not do it. And I went to a couple AA meetings, and and then I, I talked to a, a couple – I talked to guys like Greg Barrett and, yep. you know, who were very supportive. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna give this a shot. And then and that, that, that was it. And then I, I started to feel better pretty quickly, which was motivating to, to stop, you know, to just – Keep keep going with Did it. Did you exercise or anything? I didn't start exercising until 2005, but I, I dropped a ton of weight like within a month. Yeah, within a, a month, six weeks. I mean, yeah. a lot, a lot. Do you remember that joke that you had uh, when when Andrea was leaving you? Do you remember that joke you said on stage? No. It was. Uh, <sighs> it's like uh, so. My girlfriend uh, was leaving, and she had her backpacks backpack. Backpack. Sorry. Backpack. Backpack. Uh, but she was ready to go, and then she said goodbye to me, and then she said goodbye to the dog, and she started crying. And then you said, you're going to cry when you say goodbye to the dog, you're not going to cry when you say goodbye to me. And then she said, uh, well, the dog doesn't come home wasted every night. Oh, wow. I said that on stage? About the Bruco, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Goddamn, the Bruco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bruco. I can't believe that. Yeah. It's a good that. joke. What? I don't know if that was a good joke. I think that was just a, oh, no. Blew the roof off the place, Chris. <clears throat> she, um, she... Look, Chris, you can't argue with the crowd, buddy. It's a hot <laughs> joke. They know what they want. I totally forgot about that. She, uh, yeah, I quit drinking, and then a day later, we broke up. And I, and I was like, yeah, but I quit drinking. And she was like, uh, yeah, but you kind of salted the earth. Like, it was already, <laughs> at that point, she had just had enough. And she was right, and I don't I don't blame her. Um, What's crazy, she's married and has kids now. Yeah, she has yeah. a kid, yeah. Crazy? Yeah. You've never had, I don't know if you've ever had that happen, where you're, like, dating a girl, and then you, you break up, and then she goes on, gets married, and have kids, and you're Most like, of my ex-girlfriends, except for Janet, have kids. I think, as, as, as far as I know, all of them now have kids. Yeah. I don't find it weird. I Or I don't find it, sca- like, that could have been me. I just find it like, oh... Like you were serious, <laughs> <laughs> or they, or they met. You know, they just met the guy that they, you know. Yeah, or have yeah, you with. were an obstruction to 
the best part they're, of her life. Yeah, their happiness. <laughs> you just get in the way of everyone's happiness. I no, you make jokes, but I I have felt that way in the past. I definitely felt that way like, in the past. Like you do the breakup of like I'm saving you from something worse. Well, on some level, or just kind of realizing like, oh yeah, I'm the turd in the punch bowl that is you know like is keeping that is potentially sounds like a crazy party. <laughs> Whoa, this guy drank a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just uh, sparkling apple juice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which makes it grosser for some. Yeah, reason. yeah that is worse. <laughs> if someone shits in the a punch sweet- bowl. At a sober party, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Then they've got a problem because yeah. they don't have an excuse. Yeah, yeah there's no I w- excuse. I wish you were Just drunk. Kink. Well, I wish you had an excuse. <laughs> so do I. Uh, and then, and then it's been that's almost ten years. I think it's been over ten years. Yeah. Wow. And there, there were periods in the beginning where it was tough because the first year you quit, you're not used to dealing with emotions, and so it's it's almost like it's almost like gaining a new sense that you're not. You're hearing that for the first time, or you're just not accustomed to feeling the things. So things come in, and you're like, "How do I deal yeah. with? Oh, I just have to let it pass." Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then once you get comfortable with that, then it's then you're okay. Why do you ask? Uh, I because I don't know the story. I just heard that you quit drinking, and it's I've never a, heard. I don't know that I've it's never a particularly heard. Particularly great story. No, that's like, a, they're no. always pretty interesting. It, yeah, yeah, it just it was something that had been building for a long time and and it was so a part of my identity and I and I you know, I had kind of there's a thing where some people think like I have to get higher, I have to drink to be funny on mm-hmm. stage and but I had found that I would stand on stage and not and my mind would be blank and so near the end of it so I I just was like I don't know if, I think maybe that's just something I tell myself so I don't have to quit drinking. Right. And yeah. and then of course after I quit it was the opposite which was my set got better. Do you okay? Here's my other line of questioning, which is: I was talking to Moshe Kasher, who was on at midnight the other night, and we were talking about how good you are at that job, oh, in particular, and how good you are just in general. And I'm wondering: is that do you, is that like a practice thing? You've always been a good host. That's what I'm like. Do you think it's a, a a personality thing? Do you think it's a metabolism thing? Do you think it's like an ADD <laughs> thing? What do you think it is? Well, I don't. Well, first, I I really that's very sweet, and I appreciate that because because what we'll go on to talk about is how we met when you were writing on Single yeah, Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, um, yeah, the good stuff, the, the red good, meat, the good days. <laughs> what the kids are here for. <laughs> yeah, there we were. And then and then what we'll turn Burbank on. Victory Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Medias, that whole area is just like a giant fucking mega mall. Is it really? No, yeah. I was across, wondering across, what happened. In that place, that well, that studio is still there, but across because our old our nerdist studio, our nerdist state studio is right next to Empire. Oh, okay, good. And so now there's this massive, there's like a Lowe's and like a Best Buy and like where 50 is it? Restaurants. It's like it's in Burbank, Victory it's, and what? And a Victory and and Burbank Boulevard, Victory okay. and Burbank Boulevard near that, and then like right by the five, yeah, um, Empire Avenue. It was it's Empire Studios. It's still there, but um, I don't know. I I, I I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I think to be a host, you have to be a little bit of a control freak, but not so much that you completely su- suck the, you know, like try to rip control away from everyone. Right. You just kind of have to, it's just like friendly traffic copping. I, right. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't and know. do you think, do you find yourself being like that offstage? Mm, <clears throat> not really. I mean, I don't, I don't go into a room and I'm like, okay, you over no, there. I, yeah. No, yeah. but I'm like at a party. Are you like. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty. I mean, if I if I know people, I'll be just like any other comic, you know, like oh, it's yeah. a riff pile. But 
Actually, at parties, I'm I'm pretty quiet and I don't like to draw a lot of attention. You should and drink. I, you should drink. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it's that's a lot really, of that's, fun. You totally loosen all that stuff up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Life of you're, the party. Chris. You're gonna love what you're right. <laughs> yeah. does to your people, act. People as well. would actually like you. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah and really here's good. the other thing, Chris. You won't feel a thing. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> no feeling. You won't remember anything. Uh, it is great. Who's thirsty? <laughs> Andrea wants to come back. I heard. what? <laughs> Andrea wants to leave her husband and children <laughs> and come and be with you. Yeah. What is this? The burn? <laughs> um, no, but you and I met That's on. It's a weird version of the burn. It's yeah. really yeah, personal. It's deeply <laughs> psychological. It reminds me of Eddie Pepitone's like really personal heckler bit. Oh, yeah. Why do you dream about red birds attacking you at night? Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I met you on Singled Out. 1994? 95. It was 95. 95. Was it really? Yeah, we did the pilot at the end of 94, and the show got picked up in 95. I was on the pilot as well. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So that was that was August of ninety four, and then in ninety five we did those spring break episodes at Lake Havasu. Well, I was not allowed to go to Havasu because you were, were not. Underage. You were underage. Uh, I actually was. Underage. You were like nineteen or twenty. I was, or yeah, something. I was very young. I might have. Yeah, I was underage. But and, you, but you were always. I mean, it was obvious to me. I mean, you can tell when you meet people like. Um, Oh, there's the, the guy's a little extra funny for his age. He's funnier than oh, people at his you. age. Like you had that you had that comedy thing, but I but there was also kind of a cockiness with it as well. Yeah, because you you knew I I felt like you knew that you were funnier than than everyone else. Also, uh, very insecure. You think so? Well, it's secretly. <laughs> I had red birds were attacking me at night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never. Th- I mean, I was like happy to be doing stuff, but but it showbiz. Like you know, gets it it humbles you soon enough, yeah. over and over, <laughs> and then you get cocky and it's like slow down, yeah. and then you get yeah. cocky and then it's sit down. Yeah, that's why I love when people like we've been doing like when people are talking about showbiz. I want to go like, I've been doing this for twenty years. <laughs> You've no idea how fucking long that is. <laughs> it's a really long time to have that to have experience doing this very weird thing that's not that applicable to any other yeah. profession. Yeah. But also the cycles of it is what I find like oh he'll 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 be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why that's why it's that's why it's good to have success uh later on so that yeah. you you know when I when with singled out I'm sure I was the same way you know I was I was pretty insecure on that show because I just didn't really I don't know I I wasn't fully comfortable I I had my little corner of the show but still the rest of it was just frat guys and yeah. sorority girls and yeah. you know and and I I was the whole thing was was fun but I still yeah I mean I still was a little like this is weird yeah. <laughs> you know I was really pushy too I remember your impression of me was like doing a joke and then you'd like lean in <laughs> lean in <laughs> <laughs> like you fucking yeah that was your impression of me in 1995 but they were <laughs> it was the lean in was the lean in was <laughs> If someone else did a joke, it was your way of kind of like, oh, oh is- someone's got a joke, do <laughs> we? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's say, true. So, say, say, so just say say a joke. It's really putting me on the spot here, Chris. <laughs> and it's sort of off-putting because you're like yeah, right I'd there. Yeah, I'd like lean in. It's sort in of like, punctuated. Oh, yeah? Are you going, uh, there? going to do a joke who, there? Do you do it when they, when they start the joke, you start No, you wait, he waits for no, the punch. No, I wait and I'd be like. I sort of just do a like a little lean in, like whoa. That's really aggressive. It was very, but I was yeah, I was very aggressive. Yeah. And then I and then I left to write for uh, 
for all Dave. that on Nickelodeon. Did you really? I didn't yeah, know you man. left for, for yeah. That. I left for all that. That's fantastic. And then I worked for Keenan and Kill. Oh, that's yeah. right. You worked with Dan. You worked with Dan Schneider. Yep. Dan Schneider, who the only uh, the only time I've been to a gun range was with <laughs> Dan Schneider. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in 17, 16, 17 I years. saw Dan um, like a year ago. We had lunch. Did you really? Yeah. Every every couple of years we'll get together and have lunch. It's crazy how you can live like we're all. If you did that, like, Robert Altman thing of, like, the people passing. Yeah. Like, how many times I've probably driven past them or whatever. Like, all these people, and you just never see them. Because yeah. this, because what we tend to do in our lives is create this habit trail, and we just go to the same five places. Yeah. Here, home. That place, home. There for yeah. dinner, home. And it's very rare. I mean, at least for me, I don't deviate a lot from that, from those patterns, and so I, it's very unlikely that I run into people that don't live on the on that. Path. Yeah, path. yeah, yeah. I don't. I never bump. In fact, when I lived in New York, I lived in Midtown because I didn't want to bump into people, <laughs> <laughs> and I never did. I yeah. bumped into one. Per- I bumped into Greg Giraldo the day he got out of rehab. Oh, oh. shit! Yeah. Um, so that was the only person. That's how bad it had to be for you to bump into me. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be is, coming is out of rehab. Like. Be coming out of that rehab. was the that's how off the your your cycle you had to be. So you uh, well, what were you what were you like in high school? Uh, I was probably like the same, but um, my brother was a comedian, so I used to go to New York all the time and hang out in clubs. So I knew all those like I knew Attell in high school, I knew John Stewart in high school, I knew Romano in high school, and uh, holy shit, and. And and like so, I was sort of of that world. That's why when I was able to like, then I worked the door in New York at a club, and then when I moved out here, I was sort of like a lot of that thing. When you're that age, a lot of it's sort of borrowed. Like a lot of your sort of like voice, yeah, is borrowed. Of course, is this your personality and, and social? Situation? You're just yeah. you're forming, you're absorbing, and you're. But boy, that's that's so fucking amazing because for people like. For for me, the absorbing comedy was absorbing just the, every comedy special and every album. Yeah, like, absorbing all of the A list polished material sets, but to actually absorb yeah what Process. what what real like yeah, in like the trenches late comedy. Night spots. Is, like, I used to do a thing in high school with my friends where if somebody said something, there was like it was in my group of friends. I'd be like, I wrote that. <laughs> and they were like no I wrote that these guys are now working like insurance and shit <laughs> and we were fighting over who wrote what what like yeah. car bit yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. bit driving to uh, go drink yeah. bit were uh, you doing stand up at that no I didn't start here's the thing about stand up I never did stand up when I was like, when I was working on those shows when people would always go like you seem like more of a uh, like you're more than a writer. They were sort of like, you're pretty annoying for a writer. <laughs> uh, and it Writers are quieter. Like, Writers tend to have more like uh, deeper self hatred. <laughs> and uh, your head's not down that often. Yeah, you're what, not hunched over. You've got good posture. What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> so I didn't start doing stand up till like six years ago. Um, because I never. I did it a little bit during Chappelle show. I was just around it. I should have been doing it. Cause I'd go to the Laugh Factory all the time. I'd hang out with Chappelle. I'd hang out with Jay Moore. I'd hang out with all these guys. And I was just like, no, you guys go ahead. I don't need the attention. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally I was like, you know what, guys? It turns out I totally need it. In fact, may need it worse than you guys. Because it's been building up all these because years. Because at least you guys started when you were in, te- uh, yeah. in your high school. And I've been like uh, uh, stewing in my own broth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you always, do you always feel that you that idea of just like, it's like I should have started sooner. I should have... 
Because I, I have that sometimes, I, and I started pretty young, and I still have that. Like, if I should have gone out, I can a I year can cure you of that after he answers. All right. Um, I here I did well. Then it's like, so what should I have not done, Chappelle? You know what I mean? Like, do you think that would have changed? The... I think it would have changed the space time continuum. <laughs> <laughs> I think joking, but it's you true. Are, you I are think, on nerdacy. No, it's it's true. <laughs> uh, yo, I'm high on nerdacy right now. <laughs> it's uh, yo, you guys got some nerdacy. <laughs> right? He's right. If any anything had changed, it w- and and this this is why how I will cure you of that because I didn't start doing as, as much as I had been obsessed with comedy my whole life. Single Out came along, and so I didn't feel as pressing a need to like st- and to just jump into stand up, even yeah. though I wanted to do it. It still scared the fuck out of me. You said you did it a little bit. I remember. In, in college, yeah. yeah. I was in a, cl- a group, and we would do stand up in the dorms every you know every quarter or so, and and I, I kind of I branched out and did a couple of the right when the alternative like the uncabaret scene was yeah. starting to boom a little bit. But um, it, but I also when I look back, I think. At the time that I started doing comedy, if I had really pursued stand-up right out of, like, if I had left college to go do stand-up, I, I, I feel like I would have turned out to be a much different comic. Like, I really needed all of the influence of the scene that I fell into uh, to yeah. become, like, I could have just been like a, you know, like a road comic doing road yeah. gags. Yeah. And, you I, know, because... I should say I did it once when I was 18, once when I was 23. 18 was horrible. And I'm pretty sure Louie and Sarah were there mm. oh. in the room because uh, they were both like in New York. Um, and 23 was good. And then I did a little bit when I was like 29. And then I would, st- I just, it's the Jeez. worst way to do it. And then yeah. I started again when I was like 33 or 34. I was 27 when I started doing, when I, when I really said, uh, I'm, I'm really gonna finally pursue yeah. this. I'm really gonna finally this. I need. I really, really need to do it. And did people like think you were that TV guy or something? A lot of people did. You know, people. You know, like, you know, people like Marin would be like, "What are you fucking doing?" You yeah. Know, I, I, I mean, that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what people didn't, what most people didn't know about me was that I had always wanted to yeah. stand up, and it wasn't like. I think outwardly it sort of looked like, oh, this TV guy yeah. wants to try stand-up because he thinks it's easy. Yeah. Not knowing that I was, a, you know, had seen every comedy special. Yeah. And that was my obsession, my real, real obsession. And um, so by the time, you know, by the time I was ready to start it, I had singled out, had come and gone. And so I was a guy who had been on a popular TV show. But I, you know. Did I, you end up making any money off that? No, Off singled out? Yeah. No. Never? No, Not no, even no. Later? No, 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 no. Because there were no residuals or anything. Right. And it but was... you couldn't get your like episodic, you couldn't get bumps? Uh, I mean, I did get a bump, but it wasn't enough to, you know, I mean, I couldn't do anything else. And so I guess it, you know, I think it probably worked out to maybe like I would take home, I don't know, like maybe like forty grand a year or something. Yeah. Like it was not. Yeah. It was a. It was. I would always say like, oh, it's a. It's a good for a regular job, mm-hmm. but it's 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 very it's way 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 low yeah. for 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 a TV job. So it was enough to keep me work. You know, like surviving yeah. without having it. Yeah, enough to keep me drinking. <laughs> Blew through that. Keep, keep the tap. Keep the tap going. Yeah. Um. You know. So it was. Uh. You know. It was. I. I there wasn't any leftover. It was just enough to live. You know, right. in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, people, you know what I find though, like now that I do stand up all the time, is when I know somebody that's around and they don't do stand up and then they start, 
it's like, motherfucker, you were wearing a wire that whole time? <laughs> I should have known. Well, and I, I would see other comics say, like, oh, this person. And then after having done it for a little while, I would see people kind of give that treatment to other people coming in. And I would always say, let them try it because it's fucking hard. And yeah. and if they're if it's not in their soul, they're not going to keep doing it. Yeah. So let them fall on their face a bunch. Yeah. And if they are meant to do this, they'll keep doing it. And yeah. But the truth of the matter is most people are like, oh, this is not for me at all. Oh, yeah, this well, is very difficult. I got. I remember uh, I had met Morgan Murphy. I went to a party, and I met her, and she. I overheard her saying she was doing stand-up. And I was like, oh, that's like something I've always wanted to do. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I've done a show with like Patton Oswalt. This is in 2002. And she was like, I've done a show with Patton Oswalt. These guys. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is, that's crazy. Uh, and then talked to her a bunch about it that night. And then the next time I saw her, I was like, at, at, we were, I saw her at an open mic. And she kind of, and I know that feeling that she had, but it was just like, oh. Yeah. So no, I know it's a weird thing. We're like, yeah. oh, because people did it to me. Uh, from like I was doorman and every Louie, Marin, Sarah, all the all these guys knew me as a doorman, and then it's like, oh motherfucker, what? Yeah. Like, and it's hard to see. even people that work like at clubs that start doing it and they become good. It's impossible not to see them as you the should have shown up. In a, you should have shown up in a big crazy red wig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 an odd feeling because everyone's gonna always. You know, and that's a weird thing about starting really young in a scene where you're in front of everybody you're going to be around with the rest of your career is everyone's going to see you, you know, at 19 trying to do a bit and fucking it up. And then they'll like the next they'll, five years later, you might have gotten really good, but they'll be like, yeah, I saw that kid once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he fucking sucked. Yeah, he I don't know. Sucked. And that were the compliment people go like. Dude, you're so much better than you were. <laughs> yeah, like, you yeah. could just say I'm good. What yeah, a, what yeah. a, what you don't a, have to couch it as. Yeah. What I ultimately came to realize was that um, none of that shit matters. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, well, you know, they're either going to like it or not, but I'm not going to stop doing it. And I, and I went back and, and did, you know, I I mean, I would just, I would, I would do all the open mics I could. And then people would be like, why are you here? You can go anywhere. Because I'm like. Because I'm not good enough yet. Yeah, and, and the other and thing is, you can't go anywhere. That's people would say that to me too. Like, what do you go home and <laughs> what and do what? Yeah, what do you want me to do at home, <laughs> dude? You got money. Yeah, so yeah. what? Like, Lord. what do you want me to do? Am I supposed yeah. to do single I down still, in my living room? Yeah, am I still supposed to just like, not like you shut up? Desire to do stand up, you sit there. Yeah. We're gonna watch a fucking movie for the next. Yeah, it's like you, if you want to do it, you want to. And it's also not. It's a lot of it's like misery. It's not like this this life. Not misery, but it's humiliating. Certainly, sure. And it's not like you go from no one just dives in and it's like great. They were great from day one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all. It's it's very. Um. It's a vulnerable profession for people who are already insecure yeah and, and so it's a strange i mean it's essentially like getting naked on stage every night and then you know it, i mean i i sort of liken it to if a stripper were on stage and people were like your tits are weird yeah you know your vagina's strange and i'm sure yeah. that never happened yeah <laughs> you know and and you sort of feel that like i'm exposed and i'm yeah. not doing it's i'm not doing the thing and I'm the other thing doing. if you're coming from another like thing whether it's what i was doing or what you were doing is people enjoy rejecting you oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. your peers really enjoy like no i've had people say awful things to me that i would never say to anyone it's like yeah you i guess you can well really? i was i was lucky in that yeah. the the open mic 
scene here that I fell into was really supportive and it was really nice. And it was, you know, it was the scene that Robin Jones and Vance Sanders and yeah. that was, you know, Zach was a part of that. Zach Alphanakis and Maria Bamford and Posehn and Patton yeah. and all these guys would. It was it was it, it was a really um, I, I felt like we were all kind of similarly minded people and they were really sweet and cool. And so I I didn't really feel it was not. It wasn't what I think of as, you know, um, like a real competitive in the sense of like it, when, I, when I say, you know, like, you know, Marin, that's when I would go back east. Right. It was like New York comics that were always a little. Like, like, Marin said to me out here, he goes, what happened, Brennan? You didn't save your money. Oh, like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking trying to do stand- like it's not yeah. like I'm getting a massage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to do stand up, man. It's not like an easy thing. Like, are you? Yeah, it's just weird. Which that, is, and that's just one guy that I just, you know, what what I'm, I'm here to get accolades. That, what's funny about that is that. With you, I mean, at least with me, I could understand people like, you're a television host, why are you doing stand-up? But you wrote with Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you wrote for Chappelle. Yeah. So you obviously, it's not like you were doing something not like like, stand-up. I'm totally, totally different than what I... This line producer... I just yeah, exactly. you just weren't saying the words in, in, yeah. in a lot of instances. Yeah, yeah, um, but they just people have resentments. How did so? How did you how did you fall in with Dave and how did it? Uh, and we how, had been friends before I met you when I lived in New York. He was like the only. We were both. I was working the door. At, I was going to NYU Film School, working the door at a comedy club, and then the only other young guy was Jay Moore and Chappelle, and uh, and I was roommates with Jay. Not a good roommate, if you can believe it. <laughs> um, Alyssa Milano, my heart goes out to you. Um, uh, and and then me and Dave just kind of hit it off. And uh, and then it was like 92. And then I was doing shit out here. And it was like, hey, he was doing shit. And then, and then I wrote a script that got to this guy, Bob Simons, who had produced like Sandler's movies. And I had a meeting with him. The script, my script wasn't good, but I had a meeting with them. I was just fucking funny in the meeting. Just like one of those, you know, when you're like, yeah. oh, I've just I got a hot hand right now. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those like a really opportune time to be really funny. And then Chappelle went in like a week later on Unrelated Business. And he's and they're like, do you have any ideas? And he's like, yeah, I'm writing a weed movie. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then he's like, yeah, with a buddy of mine. And they're like, who? And he goes... Literally, you've never heard of him. Trust me, you've never heard of him. <laughs> like you never you trust me. And they were like, "Who?" And he goes, "Neil Brennan." And they're like, "We not fucking love Neil. He's just oh, here. Wow. You guys got to do this." So then Chappelle calls me and goes, "Hey man, if anyone from Universal calls, tell them we're writing a weed movie." <laughs> we never talked about writing a weed movie ever. I mean, I like fucking ever. Uh, so then I was like, so then Universal called and I was like, yeah, we're writing a weed movie. And they're like, when can you come in? I was like, when? In one month. <laughs> so then we had a month to come up with the movie. We took the full 30 days, started on day 29 yeah. and outlined it at the Mondrian, uh, the night before we had to pitch it. He had a room at the Mondrian. And I remember like the sky bar just opened and it was just like this pull and we we're like, no, we can't go down there. We have to work. <laughs> and then we outlined Half-Baked, and then the next day we pitched it, and it was like, and then it was fucking spinning variety covers after that. It was just like, ah, we oh, sold wow. it, and fucking, we sold it in March, and we were shooting in July. 
And people kept going like, this never, never happens. happens. They go, this so never fast. happens. We were like, we'll see about that. <laughs> this is nothing to us. A couple 23-year-olds. We fucking run. We outlined this thing in our sleep. Oh, shit. And then, uh, this isn't hard. Yeah. Fucking, what are you talking about? And then, uh, and then... Um, and then the movie got mauled because we just didn't know how to how to like control shit. We literally didn't. And now, whenever somebody gets a movie that like asks me, I go like, "Directing movies, it's your Indiana Jones, and the movie is the giant ball, <laughs> and you have to have your hand on the ball before it starts rolling. Because if you don't, it's chasing you. Oh wow! And that's what happened to us. Like we just didn't know, and literally nothing about the movie was what we thought. The w- creepiest part was me and Dave walked on set in Toronto, and we're in some set, and he like, like, like a couple mobsters. He goes, "Hey, uh, like, lock, not moving his mouth." He goes, "Is this how you saw the sets?" <laughs> and I go, uh, I go, I go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just a matter of managing the misery. It was it was oh, it's wow. just a weird thing. And then, you know, and then we kind of had beef after that. Not beef. It was just one of those things of like we had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. It's like when parents lose yeah. a child, they get divorced a lot of the yeah. time. We got divorced. And then and then I wrote a couple movies just on my own. Um and then uh and like sold them and i lived in new york and had like a career and and then and then he then we sort of got warmed up to each other again and then it was like hey we should do like a playboy after dark and i was like all right and then it became Chappelle show and um and that was like a whole nother that was and that was a complete reaction to half-baked in terms of like oh no Every pair of pants will go through us. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, and that's why, like, when people say, well, first of all, we wrote it all ourselves. Like, we would take outside pitches. Um, Brian Tucker had a bunch of good pitches. Kroll, Kroll and Berbiglia actually pitched the nigger family sketch, which was like a classic. They pitched it in a different way, but I didn't know. I really, I knew Kroll a little bit. Um, and... Uh, and But that was a reaction to... We write all, all ourselves... Chappelle told Conan that. Uh, Conan goes, who are you writing the show with? He goes, just buddy of mine. And he goes, anybody else? He goes, no. And Conan goes, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we were like, we got this. Uh, wow. And then so we just fucking control everything, and which was great, but it's really exhausting. Oh, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to con- to do everything. Yeah, sit yeah. on sit in on every aspect because you of a can't. You just you're you only have so much brain energy. Yeah, and you have to really focus on what not having to just like Atlas. Yeah, the whole thing. But there was no we. I the two of us were able to do it to a point. <laughs> uh, like we were able to do it, and it was like. Uh, it was unbelievable. I wouldn't sleep for days, literally for days. I would just have to edit because we'd finish shooting and then we'd have a taping. We'd finish shooting on like a on like a fucking Friday, and then the next Wednesday would be like a taping. Oh, geez. so you were doing I would week have to. Week to like that? No, we do it in blocks. Okay, so we do like three episodes at a time. So then it was like we'd shoot th- fucking eight nine sketches, and then and then it was up to me. To edit them and get them to, to, it was literally like broadcast news of just like, here's the tape. Yeah. 
run it up. So you yeah. really you really understand why Louis wants to take a year off. Oh, yeah. fuck. I mean, un, like, uh, unbelievably so. Like, to the point where it was so hard. Chappelle told me, reminded me of a story recently where I'd done a cut of Rick James. I It was like the first thing I was allowed to direct nominally. And I'd done a cut of it. And but I just couldn't. I didn't have time to. It was like not going to be for a later up. Ep- it was. It wasn't going to air for a while. So I just wanted to see if any of it worked. And it was like a cut of it, and it was doing okay. And uh, and Chappelle looks at me, and he's like, "You couldn't edit all of it." And I go. I looked at him. I go, "Sorry, man." <laughs> and he said it was the most fucking loaded pointed, like you fucking dickhead get the fuck away from me like I haven't slept in four days like yeah. why are you doing this uh, But and that was the whole thing so even when it got popular it was it was I would hear about it way more than I would experience it like I ne- like when it got popular I would hear like Oh, I was uh, I was at the fucking. I remember the thing that did it. Someone was like, "Yeah, I was in Las Vegas, at a craps table, and somebody said I'm Rick James, bitch." Oh wow! And I was, and my first thought was like, "Why would anyone say that?" <laughs> was it Rick James? That yeah, said it was that? like literally because he was alive then. It was like I literally thought like, "Why would anyone say it?" That wasn't Dave yeah. or Rick James, and then, and I'm still not sure. Uh, no, and then, yeah, shit like that where I'd hurt, I'd hear about it, like, on the outside, but I'd never, like, I never got laid from it. I, like, I was just busy doing it. <laughs> Did, was, so, what was, that was your experience, what was his experience? His experience was, um, I think similar, but he was getting inundated with Hollywood offers. Like, he was getting inundated with, like... Uh, literally anything you want to do, like, and so he would like he. Here's a good example. Like maybe the toward the end of the second season, we went to uh, we went to Eddie Murphy's house. That in and of itself is the fucking best. But uh, <laughs> that's the whole story. Um, uh, no, so we went to Eddie Murphy's house, and at, this is you know, this will make you insane. Um, we're t- we didn't know if we were gonna do a third season. And Eddie said, he goes, hey, why don't, uh, we should do like a sketch movie. He's like, Dave, you and I can be in it. And you got, Neil and Dave can write it. Neil, you can direct it. And that day, my agent had told me I, no one was going to hire me as a director. Because they were just like, and then I got nominated for an Emmy for Rick James and all this shit. And then it was like, oh, no, yeah. But it was, prior to that, it was like, it was Dave was getting, which, fine. I don't, you know what I mean? I just wasn't attuned to like I was too busy to even care and the other thing is you get these scripts you get like piles of scripts and you go like I don't I'm super bad (laughs) literally you just it's a pile of scripts it's like Blades of Glory, super bad. What was the, the movie f- you did though? The Goods. The Goods. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Blades, of, but there's just piles of them. You just go, and that's literally like, that seems as good as any of them. Yeah. But and you don't know like, oh, Judd is coming. Like I don't, li- I didn't live out here, so I'd hear like J- this guy Judd Apatow and fucking this guy and Steve Carell on the on. I'd be like, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, or like what, what happened? What happened with the Eddie working? Murphy thing? What happened with the Eddie Murphy? Nothing. Oh, uh, we never we ended up not doing the doing the although Eddie Murphy had a fucking hilarious idea for a sketch, which is he we he was talking about 
He's like, you know how they make these like made-for-TV movies and it's always like a guy murdering prostitutes? He goes, what if there was one about a guy murdering pimps? <laughs> which is just a fucking... And then Chappelle had a line, which is uh, the, a pimp goes to the police station and says, how many pimps must die <laughs> before you people will do something? That's great. Uh, yeah, but like so... So there was, it was always like, it, it was hard to know what the fuck was going on. But, but he was getting inundated with like every, literally every is it, in the is, world. It, is it weird or scary at that point when you sort of feel like a lot of your livelihood depends on this other guy? Oh, well, that's the whole thing is like, so he, he's getting all these offers and, and then I think he, and then people say like, you and Neil do it. And he's like, fuck Neil. Meaning, like, he wants the, it's like, this is his time. Yeah. It's his, like, he's been working his, since he was a kid, like, I wanted to, so then it became a matter of, like, the the attention thing makes it, like, uh, makes it, like, he, he wants all the attention for himself. I would, I was happy to work with him. Like, I was happy to, like, write for him, whatever, but he just wanted to have his own stream mm-hmm. of, like, attention and accolades. Um, and that was problematic long term um but i don't blame him like i get it like i get why he would want that but from my point of view i was like dude this fucking we fucking we fucking robbing the bank like what the fuck do i you know what i mean but he wanted his own sort of he didn't like the team aspect i don't think it was it was it was really interesting It, it was it's always been interesting for me and this is part of being in the business for so long, but then, you know, people you know when you're young and all of a sudden they're having, like, adult problems and mm-hmm. they're seeing it's like, oh, Dave Chappelle just flipped out and they're interviewing mm-hmm, Neil. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Neil, but what the fucking, fucking crazy? Is he leaning in in the interview? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is like, wait, what? Like, Jenna McCarthy has an opinion on autism. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no, it is this weird. It's a crazy, but but that's also the thing of, like, it's partnerships are hard, man. I mean, like overall, like it's just a hard balance. Jonah's giving me the death stare right now. What are you now, looking? Bro. What are you talking about? They are, but we make it work. Oh, this isn't a partnership. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's what. That's part of the fun. <laughs> it is a fun. <laughs> um, uh, like my partner would say that, and he wasn't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think we're also, you know. Even if we ever get a little like prickly about stuff, it's almost always like, "Oh man, are you okay?" I mean, like we're yeah, we're all such caretakers, quick. and we're all such. Yeah. And, and I think maybe that's because we're we're older and we're not like young and yeah. I mean, we were both thirty three. I mean, at that point, it's more just a character thing where it's not even. It's like character logical. It's like that's and that's why the last eight nine years has just been me. Like, all right, well, I can't really rely on somebody. Yeah. As like a as a anything does it make you not trust people or just that situation it makes me not trust black people i mean no i don't know if it makes me not trust people it may i'm still i'd still love to be in a good partnership like i love writing with people it's fun it's fun hanging out it's fun fucking around like my favorite writing alone i know and i would say it's like fishing by yourself it's like if you can go with somebody it just makes the misery that much more bearable well i just i just feel like having another brain buzzing in the room just activates it just activates it, that thing and there's a yeah. social thing like i like on camera dave was really good the reason he's really good in rick james 
is because there were 40 women there. And there's just a weird thing of like He's performing for them. If there, yeah, if there's yeah. people around, you will. And and I find that with writing, if you have someone around that you want to impress, that helps. So you don't pitch garbage, right? Yeah. You're not like, nah, it's close enough. <laughs> so it has to be kind of a mutual appreciation. Yeah, you have to th- you have to have a shared standard. Yeah, and then try to. Like not bring garbage to the table, and then when they bring something, you like try to top it. Like that was somebody. I think Dave one time said that he and I were like thrill killers, where he'd be like stabbing a guy and I'd be like chop his fucking head off. <laughs> you got, and he'd be like chop his head off, chop his fucking head off, brother. Uh, <laughs> so like that's the I like writing with people. Um, but it's hard writing. It's, you just got, it's the thing is like, it's hard to know. It's like, how long do you need to know somebody before you know how they're going to react? Sure. And it's hard. I don't know what the length of time is before you know how they're going to respond in every well, situation. That, that sh- I mean, what I, what I saw happen with that show and what I guess may have happened, um, uh, maybe, you know, and you can correct me, but it, it sort of, feels I bet like, I know you probably know, but I think, you know, when you're, when you're a young comic, you know, you can be super subversive and you can kind of be a little invisible and you can still say whatever you want. And then at a certain point, you know, it's like, oh, everyone's watching you now. And now they're giving you a lot of money. So there's a yeah. lot of pressure and there's a lot yeah. of and it better be good and you better not do this. And you be, and so I can see that the pressure would be would feel probably like it's not fun. It becomes like uh, I remember we did a sketch where it was like there was a thing where it was like black people should vote. It was like it was a game show, and if black people should vote, and Chappelle goes like, "That is that is incorrect," like about how to improve their lives, and it, and then someone on CNN was like, "Dave Chappelle said black people shouldn't vote," oh. and it was just <laughs> oh, like, no. "Motherfuckers, could we?" It was a goddamn comedy sketch, yeah. and the thing is, it happened to it happened to Chris Rock a little bit with the niggas versus black people thing, where it was like, it became not it it was a great bit that. Because so many white people saw it, they thought like, "See, our racism is justified." And right. it's like, yeah. you can look, you can turn it that way, but that wasn't the point of that bit. The point of the bit was that you're treating all black people as one type of one monolithic person, and there are you please differentiate, right? Yeah. And uh, whereas people don't want to see nuance, so so it became a thing of like, and also there's a thing with when you're a black uh, artist. If white people like it too much, then yes, it you start to think maybe you're doing something wrong. Yeah, because they're because yeah, I I I I am assuming that it's as the whitest person in the world talking about what it's like for black comics. But I mean, I'm assuming that, um, you know, when white people are laughing really hard and like ah, he said that word, he said see, and then and then and then I imagine. Dave must be like, I think people are not laughing for the right reason. Yeah, it, but yeah. it's but here's the thing: they're never no one's all. There's no group of people that are always laughing for the right reason. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of how much can you tolerate, right? Of the wrong re- of like I don't know. I it's it's definitely uh, nuanced and complicated, and it's not solve i think the only solution is to just ignore it that's what my that was my take i mean obviously it's way easier for me to be like fucking ignore it yeah black guy come on we got (laughs) this um yeah you're famous and i'm totally invisible and it's fucking uh but but it was i was sort of always encouraging like just let it rip man like what do you 
So then it became like when before he went to Africa, it became this thing of like, what is, what was the right type of sketch and what was the right. It just became this like weird game of like nothing. Everything was everything felt racist, and it so it just became like not fun. Like it was. I mean, it was fun. It was fun, like writing and shit. It was still really funny, but it just became like this weird game. It just became not. It was not fun in that regard. Where it it when you start parsing laughs or start going like how so what percentage of people will be laughing for the right reason? Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like a good example was we were we were after the blind white supremacist sketch. <laughs> Some guy, <laughs> some guy came up. It's we one were, of the best sketches. No, it's an awesome, yeah. it's a fucking awesome sketch. So some guy comes up. We were at a bar or something in, in Arizona of all places. And some like real dusty red motherfucker comes up and goes like, I like that one sketch about the guy who left his wife because she's a nigger lover. And we were just Whoa! like, oh. we were both like, Ugh. is that what you took from that? <laughs> like, is they that? Said that to da- he said that to Dave? Yes. And how did Dave respond? It, we both just were like so chilled by it yeah. <laughs> that it was just like, ugh. So that would have to fuck with your psyche a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it fucks with your psyche. It just eats away at you where you're like, how do you do this shit in a way that's... I think Chris has backed off. Like, he said, not like he regrets things for black people, but it was like he feels some remorse about it. He feels remorse about the way people responded to it. And it it's fucking not fun, you know what I mean? Like, and then you oh, so the, your arc it's like Pryor's arc where he's like, you know, I went to Africa, and I'm never gonna say the N word again, and all this stuff. It's like, okay. Apparently, Mooney told me he said it off stage more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking hilarious part. Really? Absolutely. That's great. He said like, oh, and he goes, and by the way, Richard never made more money than after he said that. He goes, oh, white people love that. As uh, soon as they heard that, they were like, so, so there's always like a, a richer story to it. And that's, again, why I kind of adore Eddie Murphy is because he never really fell into that trap of like, what, how black am I and how white am I and how, what? not how black and how white, but like Eddie's jokes were never that uh, racially, you know, potent. Mm-hmm. That kind of yeah. wasn't his thing. Yeah. But even, you know, there's stuff in, in, uh, in coming to America, like you could make a case that the sexual chocolate scene is like making fun of black church and all this shit. And it's like, or you could just go, shit's funny. Yeah. yeah. He's just, he's just doing a ridiculous character. Yeah. That's an amalgam yeah, of, exactly. of a bunch of guys that yeah. were swimming around in his head. Yeah. And then it's not really a grand statement on anything. It's like, Oh, just this, this character, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or the Mr. White sketch where he got, put the white makeup on and oh, like, my God. it's a fucking unbelievable. That's that? like one of my, I gotta L- say probably yeah. my favorite sketch ever. What yeah. was that? Was the, well, the, I, I realize white people give each other things. <laughs> for, Here, silly take Negro. this for free. <laughs> Do you remember that Garrett, yeah. Garrett Moore, sketch uh i can't remember who the other guy was but it was like a, a guy that was talking about the differences of people uh, uh in black people he's like well it really turns out that lighter skinned black people are smarter than darker skinned black people and it was and just garrett was just sitting there yeah he's just yeah like, that's hilarious like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's just yeah. a, and the guy's like, no, no, it's a proven fact. Just yeah. trying to like, just like usurp some supremacy over the guy. That was yeah. That, that show was real edgy back then. Yeah, like, yeah. Like really, like the Chevy Chase Richard Pryor. Yeah, Chevy Chase Richard Pryor. Yeah. Mooney wrote that. Mooney really? wrote that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 
He like that's true. That's like fact. Um, because he was with Pryor. Oh my god, that's a great sketch. Yeah, just the, the way they just keep on like digging in before yeah. saying each of the phrases. Well, they also Dead Pryor, yeah, yeah. Pryor apparently hated Chevy. Oh really? Like, fucking hated his just like a visceral hatred. Because if you're a black dude, Chevy's like a country club dude. I think. Like, yeah. in which you don't realize, and you go, oh, yeah, he is, like, that sort of bluff, like, fucking, like, that kind of, like, superior smug thing. White shorts and a polo shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like, that superior, like, fletched, like, yeah. like, eh. But fortunately, he let that go and never had any problems again. Yeah, <laughs> he's been great. Oh, yeah, just just the worst things hearing about the city community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never heard. No one ever said. You know, there's this really funny thing that Chevy said once on the city community. Yeah, <laughs> there's just everyone just looks like they. I mean, no one will really talk about it. There's just always like a well, like yeah. there's a little bit of PTSD. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I've heard. Have you heard the fuck you Chevy story? <laughs> no. The Harmon story? No. Well, like, he actually had everyone at the rap party say, fuck you, Chevy. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That was, like, the big two years ago or whatever. Like, he had them chant, fuck you, Chevy. The whole crew. Um, (laughs) And and Chevy walked out. Because he wouldn't. It was a whole. I heard the whole story. It was, like, about whatever. But, yeah, apparently he's not a great guy. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, so it's harder. It's a pain in the ass. It's just another pain in the ass responsibility that black dudes have to bear that white comics never have to bear. Just like, am I the spokesman? Chris Rock was the spokesman for black people for seven years. Yeah. And then Dave became the spokesman. Well, because people, you know, particularly with comedy, they'll usually have room for like one or two comics Mm -hmm. to categorize in their brain. So they'll go... Okay, this is the white comic that I know, and that is the right, black comic that I know. No, with white guys, there's so many subcategories. Yeah. Whereas black dudes, there's one. Now it's Kevin Hart, but Kevin's not political. But it's like there's just one. Whereas with white people, it's like Bill Maher, John Stewart, Daniel Tosh, Ray Romano, uh, fucking uh, Jim Gaffigan. There's like a well, why, whole why is swath the, why is the people. disparity so unfair? Is it just is it a numbers thing? It's like well, I there's 300 million like white they people. They don't know. I think because there's 14 percent black people in the country, so it's like there's more. I think there's just white people have one. They just like one guy, or people yeah. in general maybe just have room in their brain yeah, for I, one person. Yeah, but but having said that, they have room for a lot of white people. That's true. Yeah. So it's like Jay Leno, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy uh, Kimmel, yeah. fucking uh, your show. Yeah. The, it's just like there's but a, get W Kamal Bell out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's like a just a like a slew of of uh, and there's also so, not like there's one black voice, but in terms of like from white people's point of view, they can't like they wouldn't know the difference between Kamal Bell and Dave or Kamal Bell and anybody else. Someone just, should scoop Kamal up and just put him on a a bigger. He was he was great. They should just put him on a bigger. I wish they would just put him on a bigger platform. Like, yeah. I mean, FXX. Hey, let's start this whole channel at a time where people aren't really yeah, watching yeah, cable that a, channels. That was a rough move. Yeah, that was a real bad move. Yeah, bro. Hey, hey, FXX, you fucked up, bro. Chop his <laughs> fucking head off, brother. <laughs> See you in a couple weeks, FXX. <laughs> I have a great pitch. I, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So so now it's the coming back from. It's my own like personal. Last bunch of years has just been like trying to differentiate, not differentiate myself, but like just what can I do on my own, which is why I do stand up so much. And I'm doing a couple of pilots and it's like figuring out, you know, I spent a lot of time like trying to find somebody. It's like I did the Piven movie and it was like, 
Maybe Adam and Will will want to. I'll be like one of the funnier die click, or like maybe I'll be with Judd, or and I no one was. I just didn't. It didn't happen, mm-hmm. and uh, so now it's like because everybody's kind of got a click. <laughs> yeah. Whether and then I realized that pretty quickly when I was like, why am I so alone? <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, so so now it's like just do shit on my own. Are you gonna continue to? Uh, try and direct more movies. Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, no, they don't want me to. I mean, they won't let me. But you, although but I you wrote, won't... I just wrote one that I, th- I've written a couple that I th- that I will direct if they ever go anywhere. But even like like at a smaller scale, like just kind of go and try and do it on your own. Yeah, but I, that at this point, what I've realized is like you, you have to make. It's like people. It's a real pass fail thing. It's like a movie has to be fucking perfect. Yeah. For people to like. It, f- movies are so even just marketing it's like no you have 48 hours <laughs> for this shit to fucking work and you better <laughs> pick the right star and the right story and you better get lucky and you better have great marketing and, and they better do the right good proofs yeah. and it better be the right month and you better not open against half-baked opening against titanic but half, that's a bad example but, but half-baked like, you know. like became a cult hit yeah because... yes yeah agreed i but not i'm that yeah, well, I'm sure at the time that didn't. Yeah, that didn't. It was they weren't like, hey, this guy writes cold hits, so Wait, we're gonna get our money yeah. back I, in I twelve have to pee years. So bad. Hang yeah, on yeah. a sec. Sorry, yeah. I'll be right back. And then we're... I'm so 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 sorry. Do you That's want fine. us to stop talking, oh, good, Chris? Thanks. Um, you can keep talking if you want. I just have to pee. So so sure. so so. so, so. Yeah, so you gotta. It's just so you wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to go for a smaller like it's like I am just not like it's not gotta an gotta indie be movie. So perfect and also, look, I just I wrote a movie like a romantic comedy that. Uh, Montecito bought like Ivan Reitman's company like five years ago and then uh, been trying to get that made and then I just finished a script for Kevin Hart hopefully yeah do you sell scripts uh, do you try to get you know the uh, the the add-on that you'll direct it as well yeah yeah so I I've directed I directed Schumer show I directed the new girl I directed Mindy like I do still direct stuff yeah yeah Um, but like they they're so it's so like no, we didn't fucking like that movie. <laughs> so fuck you. And it's like, did I you not you like were, the yeah. writing? What is yeah. there, there? The forensics are so bad. Yeah, it's basically that idea of just no. I saw that guy at a second open mic. He's yeah, horrible. I saw that guy at a second open mic, and yeah. he can't do it. Yeah, no matter uh, what he's done since. Yeah, it's we're just talking about how like pa- the pass fail thing of like you just the goods didn't do well. So and people don't people don't watch it, and then. Or they just go, uh, we didn't. I didn't like it. We go, what didn't you like about it? The writing or the dire- was it badly directed? Was it? But and people are so sort of simple minded that they can't do forensics on it. They can't go like this didn't work, that worked, that well, didn't, that did. Well, because there's too much pulling for people's attention, and they just don't want to devote. And and also, it's it's you know as a comic, you can you know you can fuck up, and then people are like, oh, that guy's not funny, but. If you start writing, I mean, I, I always felt like if you figure it out, you can still change people's minds. Yes. But with a movie, it's such a long process. Yeah, it and takes so, so much long. involved. But with stand-up, yeah. it's be like, hey, look, here are my jokes. Oh, you guys, yeah. you guys kind of funny. I have new you know? jokes. And they go, "I yeah, that old opinion is dumb. I mean, you were saying that people still do have a, a bias. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I just do shit. I'm doing it pilots and That's great. See, what, see what happens. Does... Um, when uh, I'm sure you've talked about this a ton, so I apologize. But when the when Dave got the big like, here's fifty, you know, we'll give you fifty million dollars to come back, and he said no. 
were that whole time were you like <laughs> just why what he didn't say no uh he said yes and then i got it and then i got like uh, my own deal and and then we did the show and then he left so but i still got i still did good oh okay but it so that's it's not cold comfort but it's like definitely not it's not what i wanted you know what i mean like i wanted to keep doing the show look guys i don't neil brennan doesn't like to uh, get paid for nothing. That's <laughs> uh, what the guy know about Neil. Yeah, Brennan. Uh, let me tell you something. Because I saw, uh, I saw him after. I actually, I ended up accidentally opening for him. Oh, did you really? At the punchline, because he just, you know, he would just do this kind of yeah, yeah, spur of the moment residency, yeah. and he would say like, "Oh, I want to do the." They go okay, and then I was supposed to be headlining, and I just ended up opening for him for a couple shows, right. which I was totally fine with. Yeah. And he talked about it a bit, and he was like, how did you turn down $50 million? He was like, because I got 10 in the bank. You know, yeah. it was like that sort of a – he did like four hours. Yeah. He had like a four-hour set, which was actually engaging yeah. for four hours. Yeah. But um, it seemed that um, – you know, it kind of seemed like he didn't want any of the any of that stuff. It seemed like he just didn't want any of it. Uh, I think he – it the responsibility thing was a pain in the ass. And then the doing the show was hard, like it was really hard. Um, I and then I and then maybe he didn't like that sort of like level of fame. You think you like it, and then although now he's actually even more famous and he doesn't doesn't seem to bother him. Mm. Um, he's so fucking. It's so miserable to be around him. <laughs> like it's so people like will we were I saw him in Santa Monica a couple months ago when we were getting coffee and out we were sitting outside and he's a magnet for fucking lunatics i've never seen anything like it like literally like he i told i said i go you're like a fucking wishing well where people just go up and stand around them oh jeez like fucking get ice cream and just eat it near them <laughs> it's just like I swear to you, this is how crazy uh, crazy magnet he is. We're sitting outside in Santa Monica. A homeless, a black homeless guy, walks up to him, hands him hands Dave twenty dollars, and says, "Come on, nigga, we got work to do." <laughs> and it was like that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that was just one of the things that happened. Oh Jesus! Uh, so I don't think he might. I don't know. I, I honestly like I. It's hard to say. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, it's a multifaceted thing. It's not just one thing. You know what I mean? Well, I, I guess if you just want to do stand up and then all this other crazy shit comes with it, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would want to be in a situation where, you know, you're performing in a giant venue and you're just trying to like do what you're supposed to do and people are just shouting at you. You're like, okay, please stop. Yeah. You know, which it seems like that really kind of, yeah, but now he does it, and he's figured out a way to just tell people to not do it. Isn't it funny yeah. that the, that when guys, um, it, it must be a kind of a soul crushing experience because you guys did two, three seasons, two and a third, two yeah. and a third, and then you could, and then it was like you know, he he didn't want to do anymore. Louis does a few seasons, like I got to take a break. Flight of the Concords did two seasons, and yeah. they were like, yeah. so like two ish seasons is right about where you go because you don't. The thing is, it's like you're not. Uh, cause I've had other offers to do other shows and like, it's like, 
it's I'm not curious after a while. It's like Rock said to Dave, he goes like, yeah, now you know you can do that. Now you're curious, like, can I do something else? Like you run, it's like, oh, okay, I I can do that. I you're curious about it. Like I wonder if I could have a show and get super popular and all that stuff. And then you go, oh, I can. And then you not like lose interest, but it's like wait, it's you don't have anything to prove to yourself other than like, can I maintain this lead? Yeah, yeah. Which isn't as much fun as like being the underdog, and people going like. I remember, like, the, I think it was the night before the first episode aired, we were at a concert, and someone, some black kid came up to Dave and goes like, yo, man, what are you going to do? Because you're too white for black people and too too black for white people. And it was like, okay, good, nice to meet. So it's just like this. So then to, like, prove all that wrong, and then, and then so you prove it wrong. It, it's funny, like, with stand-up, I've had a similar experience where, People were like, we don't think you can draw on the road. And I was like, I think I can draw on the road. Just give me a door. Like, give me a deal where. And uh, so I spent like two years on doing road gigs. And it was like, fuck you guys. Like, you didn't think I could do this. And at one point, I'm like in line at the TSA with my hands. And it's like six in the morning. I'm like, you didn't think Neil Brennan could stand in line. And then I'm like, who am I doing this for? Like, at what point do you just go, yeah. You're like, when you're. When you're acting uh, in in uh, in as a response to somebody else, it's just sort of like futile. Yeah. Um, we're like, what am I doing? I'm doing. I'm like literally traveling because well, you said I wouldn't. I know, yeah. but there are so many. It, it's so difficult to gauge in this business in particular because it's so nonlinear. I mean, it can be linear, but but there are so many facets to it. How do you judge? What's your feedback for? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah. It's, you know, it can be, uh, oh, they, no one showed up at this thing, or people showed up at this thing, or there's no show on the air. There's a show on the air, or these people are interested, or no one, the phone's not ringing. Like, yeah. How do you really, it's like we are, we are constantly searching for approval, not just for our own narcissism, but also like, am I doing good so I yeah. know yeah. that if the thing I care about is advancing? Yeah. Or am I not advancing? Like, it yeah. just doesn't. Can just, I? Should I alter what I'm doing? It doesn't work. It doesn't really work in a way that's easy to read or is measurable. It's also you're ne- like someone. I got a an a special airing January 18th at Comedy Central, uh, and someone I, in an interview they go. So what level of fame would you be happy with? I was like, I don't, I, I'm going to guess wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to go like, you know whose fame I really, I don't fucking know. It's like, I don't, it's not like a jacket you can put on. It's like a really weird, undefinable, like, do you like the amount of fame you have, Chris? Like, what is the, what's the right amount of fame? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I definitely feel like, oh, I've worked long enough and people are very nice to me in public when they know who I am and they're respectful and enough people say, hey, nice job that I feel like, okay, I've done you know, a version of what I thought I was wanted to do and but it's not it's not so bad that it's like oh, the paparazzi, yeah. here they come like no yeah. one gives a shit, you know, like yeah. all, like Enough That's people, nice enough people care, but not, but, but overall, no one really gives a shit. So it's, it's not inconvenient. It's not yeah. no, and 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 I don't, I don't really feel like if I do something that the press is gonna go. Can you once again, Hardwick puts his foot in his like. Yeah, someone's gonna get famous for just getting offended at some point. They're just gonna be like, 
the offended person. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to blow up from that, from yeah. like blogs and like, and then I couldn't believe that. Yeah. So. Well, I, I just, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're so under the microscope, like, like Chris Rock or any of the big comics where you really have to just drop in on a club unannounced so you can practice some jokes yeah. so that you can, I mean, like, I feel like those guys have less leeway to fall on their face a little bit because people are going to be like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this guy's not so funny. I saw him. It wasn't that great. And then, yeah. the, and then that person, you know, immediately just forms a judgment based on, no, this is part of the process. Yeah. And I you- mean, Rock says when he goes on at the cellar, like, lower your expectations. Like, he goes, you haven't paid enough money for this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to kill for $12. That's it's like, he goes, if I'm going to kill, you're going to pay $12 for parking. it's funny dude yeah he's good he's good Mm. but i but i totally understand why guys like eddie murphy don't go back and do stand-up because it's just too yeah i mean you can make the yeah it's like he that i've heard i've seen eddie talk about it's like man everybody's got phones and shit like i can't be fucking with that and it's like it is a problem but if you really want to do it you know that's why i think it ultimately everything always has to be about um, what are we at, Katie? Uh, okay, fifteen. Uh, oh, good. Um, it always it has to be about the the work, no matter yeah. where the peaks and valleys in your career are. As long as you're focused on the work, if you're focused on the attention stuff, that's always going to come and go. Yeah. And I mean, I've been through many iterations of it, and but it, as long as I, I kind of have this idea in my head of, especially if stuff gets turbulent or, or whatever. Well, that's what's nice about aging. Is like you just go, oh, I've been through this. I've been through this storm before. Yeah, I I think of it like, um, and I'm not a I'm not a surfer, but I think of it like, here comes a wave. I'm just gonna duck down and yeah, and duck dive. I'm gonna yeah. Essentially, I think of it as that. It's just yeah. like a duck dive. I'll duck dive, and when I'm duck diving, I'll. Do, it's just about the work. I'll yeah. just focus on the work, yeah. and Until hopefully that next set comes. And hopefully in, it'll, <laughs> hopefully it'll, <laughs> hopefully it'll. You know, I heard Bruco's got some sweet waves, guys. <laughs> They're gone. It's done. I know. Bruco's done. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's the thing about you. Just go like, yeah, you're hot, then you're not, and you just like kind of can't pay attention to it. Yeah, no. it's pain. It still hurts your feelings. But it's like, eh. it doesn't I, hurt as much as it did when I was 23. Right. Yeah. Now it's like, eh, I'll be all right. I met uh, Stephen Wright in Vegas. Just I saw him walking through a casino, and I saw, yeah. him and I was, I stopped and talked to him, and uh, he was, uh, he was going, I was like, yeah, it's so weird how people think I'm not doing anything anymore. Yeah. When I just, I've been performing just as much as I ever have. It's just yeah. people's perception. They don't see me on TV, so they think I stopped doing comedy. Yeah. That happened to that happens to Rock, like Rock, just because he hasn't had a TV show, or been yeah. have done a special. Or... Yeah, it just hasn't done a special in yeah. four or five years. Like, well, his was his last special the two city like we the, three, yeah three, three yeah. cities yeah. South Africa, New York, and uh, Detroit, uh, New York, South it's... Africa, London, London. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the sort of like the uh, you know he's he sort of does like the James Cameron thing where it's like. Oh, you don't hear him. And then, like, boom, yeah. he just yeah. does this really yeah. huge thing. Well, he has to, he kind of, you know, he does this thing where he waits until there's, like, a new wave of culture to comment on. And well, he always, like, comes out just in time to just be, like, this stuff that's happening and this and that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I got to, I mean, you know, 
Louis' special a year thing, I thought, ah, oh, he's going to spread himself too thin. There are some things that I really just want him to, I mean, I, I have no say, yeah. but but I, as a fan, I mean, like, oh, I really want him to focus more. Like, I thought his last special was good. I'm like, oh, it's good, you know, and I love Louis. It's fine. I mean, but, that's the thing if but, they get, yeah. I mean, his previous special, but this last one, oh my God, I thought was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I liked it. I I had a different opinion, but like, uh, but in terms of they can't you. It's really hard to make to work at that level, to work at that high a level for every year. It's just impossible. Yeah. And like, I tend to think that Chris is right in, and he's got a new hour and something that's fucking great. You mean Chris Rock? Yeah. 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 Um, also, I don't think comedy, uh, stand-up comedy, should be in the round. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Especially when you have a cord and you're just constantly. Like, but there's like moments in that special where he's like his the cord is wrapped around his leg. But I thought, uh, why not go wireless? Um, I I because I I sort of saw that was probably an homage to the Carlin special, probably because he's doing the Carlin track. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I just maybe maybe. But that Carlin was like, wasn't a one a year. His was like one every two years. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine trying to have another separate career and still do one special a year. I, mean, I like that literally alone. can't write jokes that quickly. Yeah. That's the truth. I, as much as I love to go, like I've been saying again, doing press for the special. I keep going. People are like, "What's your?" I go, "Look, I'm not a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I have to write jokes, and I'll, there's a high mortality rate of jokes. Just like, nah, just not good enough. And then you just try to. It just takes a while, and I. There's a part of me that feels bad, yeah. like I'm uh, I'm not a genius. <laughs> uh, but then there's also like I don't know what do you, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna have a miserable life? Yeah, because four people can write jokes faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> am I gonna be Salieri my entire life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Am I gonna be like that fucking Bill Burr? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, it's like no, I gotta try to have a decent life. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's like what do you? Yeah, Bill Burr writes faster than me. Louis writes faster than me, um, but there there's solace to be taken in other venues. Yes, very true. At what point in your relationship with Dave were you comfortable pitching jokes or sketches with the N word in them? Uh, like immediately. I mean, th- again, this is '92. We became friends, and that's like the peak of hip hop, <clears throat> the peak of like hip hop entering mainstream. So it was just constant and chronic. And uh, literally chronic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it just didn't. It never occurred to me not to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's still... Du- I don't do it around... I say to my act, like, eight times. Uh, and it. I. it's not like... Um, are people weird with it, or are they okay really. with it? Not really. Because the way I, I set it up in a way that, like, it... I talk about being called it. I talk about, like, and my... What do I do? And all that shit. So... And I never say it as me, and I'm never like these. I never like yeah. so. Um, so yeah, I don't. I I I guess I should. I don't know because I just work with Chris on something on his movie, pitched it fucking all the time. I called <laughs> literally. I'm in a scene, and uh, he plays a baseball. This is like a. It's a long story, but he plays a baseball player, and it's like a sort of a Jackie Robinson thing. And I was the pitcher. And he's like, uh, he goes, so yeah, call me nigger. I go, no, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I was going to call you nigger. You yeah, think yeah. I was going to call you? We're doing a baseball movie? Yeah. That's like the fucking, <laughs> That's why I what t- other <laughs> weapon do I have as the, as the white pitcher? <laughs> 
Then a spinoff movie. So but I it. also DMX was in the movie, and I had I wanted him to say nigger, and I so I like whispered it to Chris. <laughs> 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 but I said it to Chris. Like I don't give it. Like I, like I don't. I didn't. I don't say the. I just can't say the. There's something about the N word that I just find. I can't. There's a. I have some sort of code, although I couldn't explain it to you. It's like if there's old people in the audience, I won't say it. If there's old black people in the audience, I won't right. say it. Because it's like to them, it means something else. To me, it just means a dude. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it just means like a bunch of niggas. Like it's literally just a bunch of dudes. Like I don't even see it like that. And all bitches is kind of the same. I personally don't say bitches that much. <laughs> But there was a time where it's like, man, I got this one bit. Like, I the if I'm hanging out, it's I'm not gonna. It was a part of your social. It was a part of my social strata. It was a part of my social life, and still is. Like regularly, I get called it every single day, every day. By whom? By the cops? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't like by Dave or whoever texts me. Fucking yeah, like I get called it to. Hold on. I'm just seeing who called me that today. <laughs> What's today? Um, yeah, like Charlie Murphy texted me today. He didn't call me that, but he he's known he's been known to. Uh, yeah, just like black dudes will say. So out of context, if someone was like, "Hey, how dare? How could you say this? Or how could you? You know?" In- I don't look. I don't. I don't get a, like. I don't like go around looking for opportunities to say it. Yeah, it's like I all I, all I can say is like when I say it, it's culturally appropriate. Maybe not. I can't explain. I because I hear myself talking. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but I just the way I say it, for the most part, is the right times to say it. Right. Uh, and I don't say it around black dudes I don't know. I don't say it around old black people. I say it around people like the the way where I. My social life as an adult has mostly been immersed, and it's. I'm also in a weird position where I'm expected to write it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, there's not a lot of guys that are, but I happen to be one of them. Right. If you're working with Dave or Chris yeah, Rock Chris or... or whatever, it's like, or yeah, it's like if I'm, it's gonna. I always say the N word for black comics is like hamburger helper. This makes every joke a fifteen percent funnier. <laughs> Just like a little dollop of it, and you're gonna fucking <laughs> mm, little little nice spice. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's just a little bit. It's like Rock said about Dave. It's like then where it's like nitroglycerin, like in the right dollop, perfect. Too much, it's, it'll blow up in your face. But yeah. but like me and Chris never talked about whether I could say it or not. It was just assumed that I would. Or I, maybe he's mad at me. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I also don't think he thinks about it. Like it's just like, yeah, I don't know, fucking Neil. That's what it, I don't think. I, I guess if black guys don't know me, they're like, what the? but if they know me, it's like, yeah, I don't know, Neil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't mean it. It literally, I've never said it in a negative way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I don't think anyone would say like that guy's racist. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, knowing, it's, exactly. Who you it's are like okay, so okay, from. go through my phone. Okay, yeah. and so where's the show me the racism? <laughs> show me my racist actions. Um, I I challenge you. <laughs> are you are you out there? I'm kidding. So January eighteenth, um, January eighteenth is your special, and the name of the special is Women and Black Dudes because that's <laughs> what my entire act is about. I love I love that bit you have about how like uh, white people need like noise machines and like sleep aids, and yeah, stuff like that, and then yeah. But that's the thing, like, 
it's about just when black dudes just they just need like a bite of a sandwich to fall asleep. <laughs> I, mean, um, I, I saw you said a bite of a sandwich in a moment of silence. Yeah, a bite of a sandwich moment of silence. <laughs> but like that's the there's a point where I say like I've never met a black insomniac in my life. That's right. And yeah. that gets again, that's one of those forks in the road where racist white people think I'm saying black people are lazy. Mm-hmm. So I have to quickly go. Uh, meanwhile, every white person I know has sleep issues. Like I have to make it into this differentiation thing that isn't like it's just weird. This shit. It's and it's that thing of like I don't like saying it if there's a if there's too many white people because it becomes like yeah because it, it becomes that guy us, in Arizona it us and them yeah 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 it becomes an Arizona thing. Like that's the thing is like I'm. It's almost like it's possible. These there's these differences are, are are most the thing that I that me and Dave used to talk about on the show a lot was like most of what the racial problems in America or anywhere are just access. It's just you don't have access to black people, like for the most part. And white people, there are so many black people that because I I talk to friends of mine that are athletes, they'll there are there are guys that they play in professional sports with that haven't dealt with white people that much. That literally are fucking afraid or angry or tension, have tension with white people. And it's like, spend and 20 minutes with black people and you'll be cool. Just every once in a while. <laughs> Just go. They'll be nice to you. Like, and, and same with, I always encourage black people to, I say a thing, we have a podcast, me and Moshe, called The Champs and it's mostly black guests. And I always say that black guys, every black guy, every successful black guy I know, spent a lot of time with white people growing up because it just demystifies white people. And it's almost too, it's almost been a hundred percent true of like Dave went to grew up in Ohio. Uh, Chris went to cat, uh, to, to an all white school. Uh, Kanye spent a lot of time with white people. Uh, Damon dash spent a lot of time with white people. Biggie spent a lot of time with white people. Puffy spent a lot of time with white people. Like all these guys had, that's one of the three lines that no one ever talks about. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell thing of just like, that's not the secret formula, but if they get it, ch- it's just better for everybody. Yeah. Cause, and then, and then white people get to go like, yeah, I knew this fucking guy. Yeah. It seemed fine. That's what you come away with. It's like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they're magic. Cause then it becomes this thing of like, they're magical. No, they're <laughs> fine. Well, yeah. it's, I, I mean, if, <laughs> if people took more time to spend their energy connecting with other people on a human level and then not a any other level then mm-hmm. people would actually start to yeah. Yeah. there wouldn't yeah. be as many problems well, yeah. it's, it's funny because uh, Emily our friend would uh, say you know when she had a like a gay friend in high school she would just never bring it up to the mom but she would have that person hang out at the house a lot and then she would mention it you know months down the line it's like it's like oh I really like your friend you know yeah. uh, Sam it's like oh you know Sam's gay oh really yeah. they're so nice and normal yeah. it's like she would just like kind of ease it, and now her parents are the southern, like just very. You know. Well, that's what they said about gay marriage too. Was like the once you see that, like it's just they're just boringly married. They're not like on the front lawn fucking with fucking <laughs> like leather chaps on and all. Yeah. They're just like no, they're just like going to work yeah. and doing regular people stuff. It's yeah. not like it's not all it's not all the gay pride parade. <laughs> 
Louis joke about them touching dicks on the front lawn. Yeah, right before you're about to eat <laughs> Yeah, cereal. Yeah, and then they just oh. touch dicks. Right oh, come on. I'm trying to. Two guys are blowing each other. I'm trying to mow there. It's not going to be, be even any, now. Is that the gay marriage show? Well, his, his idea is that, you know, that people just sit around and they're just mad about gay people together. And it's like, it doesn't affect you. Oh, yeah. I would totally understand yeah. if you were having one of your cereal and then two guys just touch dicks right <laughs> yeah. above your spoon. You're like, come on. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well. I think we did it. We really did. I think we went and we did it. Congratulations on all the success. I Thank know, you, but like, but in addition to the special, I know uh, you have a, you're doing a Comedy Central show yeah, too, right? A pilot, yeah. And you're doing a pilot, and then you're you're sold another show, and, and I check up on you from time to time. Uh, we're doing stuff. That's good. <laughs> uh, hey guys. Hey, you know, uh, how do you do an impression of me? Uh, what are you gonna be with me? What are you gonna be? Are you gonna do a impression of me? Um, Was that Arsenio? Yeah. Okay. I actually I'm doing Arsenio Tuesday. Don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh and then your 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 podcast The Champs with yeah, Moshe yeah. Kasher yep. as well. Neil Brennan. God bless. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Great. Yeah. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.